Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to the Romans teaching that we have every Monday morning and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time right here in my office. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. I hope you'd grab your Bible, your phone with a Bible on it, however you can get the Word of God in front of you and follow along with us. Uh, you know, we're here every Monday morning and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time teaching the book of Romans. We're in chapter 7 today. Uh, today will actually be part 18 in the seventh chapter. And today is July the 22nd, 2019. I like to throw that in there so everybody will know where we are when we did it. Because I'm sure if the Lord tarries, we will be teaching Romans again, probably more than once or twice in, in the years to come. If the Lord tarries, but I hope he comes today. And I really do. I'm looking for him today. And I hope you are as well. Also on Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time in the studio next door, we are teaching the book of uh, Jude. And uh, you're welcome to come to that. I hope that you uh, would come to a, a great Bible study where the Word of God is always pointed to Christ. As he said, the Scriptures are about him and uh, and what he accomplished for us at Calvary. So if you're anywhere near Queen City, Atlanta, Texas, Texarkana, there's a lady that drives from Shreveport, Louisiana, an hour away, almost every Friday morning to be in that Bible study. And I just encourage you to come and be a part of that. We're right here located at 610 Highway 59, Queen City, Texas, 75572. And uh, we're just blessed. Our service times here at Crossway Church are 640 on Wednesday nights, 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. And on Monday nights, we have prayer at 7 p.m. And that would be tonight, by the way. Praise God. So, we look forward to seeing you in the days ahead. As I know, there are not many uh, local churches on the planet today. There are a handful uh, preaching God's Word as it is truth in its righteous context. Uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 8 tells us that all God's words are in righteousness. Every word He's ever spoken is in righteousness. And righteousness, my friends, the Bible says, is only revealed in the gospel from faith to faith. So every word God has ever spoken, the entirety of what you call your Bible, has to be seen, has to be looked at through faith in the blood of Jesus. The gospel, not because you were saved 20 years ago, two days ago, and now you can say, no, it has to be in that context. That is the context. People have been fighting for years over, well, that's just their interpretation and that's their interpretation. No, the interpretation of God's Word, the Holy Spirit's the only one who can give it. And He only gives truth. And when it is truth, you're hearing Proverbs 12 and 17 says, Righteousness is seen. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. That means he that's speaking truth is pointing to Christ and His work at Calvary. For there and there alone does righteousness come. Initially, for us to be declared righteous by God in Christ, to be made servants of righteousness, Romans chapter 6, 17, and 18. And for you and I, while we're serving righteousness, that means while our faith is in that which made us righteous and made us servants of righteousness, faith in the cross, then we can bear forth the fruit of his righteousness. Never forget this important thing. Truth will reveal God's righteousness. And that only comes through the cross of Christ. If you will remember that, you will find yourself in the right, God-ordained 
local church where he will plant you, where you will be hearing the truth, seeing the righteousness of Christ, and that being imputed to you, experienced by you daily in your light, becoming brighter and brighter and brighter. Praise God for those good things. Today, uh, we're in Romans chapter 7, and don't forget, you can find all these after the fact. Uh, uh, they're live every Thursday morning, Monday morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning on my Pastor Curtis uh, Facebook page. You can watch live, or after the fact, you can go to the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316, and there, everything we do is uploaded. Here comes the good part. It's all free. You can have your own Bible study, Bible college right there, and you will have the meat. You will have meat as you daily study God's Word. It's all free. Hallelujah. It's not free for us to do it. It costs us uh, hundreds of dollars for the Internet alone. Hundreds of dollars. 650 or 675, one of those to be exact, every month to be able to have here in this rural area the streaming capabilities to get these sessions out to you live and uploaded in a timely manner and the cameras and everything else. So I encourage you to pray about helping us. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com. There's a donate button there. That's your offering plate. Or you can pull your cell phone out and text your giving to 903-231-5950. And thank God for you and thank you for your help. Praise the Lord. Today, here we are again in Romans chapter 7. And we are studying this great letter in which we find the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Rome. And, and we find the Apostle Paul revealing to them the struggle he had in, in, his, in his learning and, and, and finding the answer which the Holy Spirit gave to the Apostle Paul. Do you know that, that God, the Holy Ghost, gave the Apostle Paul the revelation of the cross? What really happened there? More than a man dying for your sins, praise God for that, but that we died with him. His identification for us was so secured and so perfect that, that when our faith is placed in him, we are immersed into him. Romans chapter 6 and 3 tells us we're baptized into the death of Jesus Christ through our faith in Christ and what he there did for us and that alone, amen. So, Paul is the one that the Lord gave the revelation, the understanding of actually what it was that happened at the cross, how we were justified by faith alone. I, I want to tell you, this, this is a powerful revelation that God gave to Paul. And if we'll get in the Word and study the Word and receive this, it will be an illumination to my heart and to your heart as well, for that you and I can walk in the victory that Christ afforded us. Most Christians are not doing that. Most Christians don't know how to do that. Most Christians, and I mean 99.9%, .9 at least, if not more, are they'll go to the bookstore and buy a book that tells them if they'll do these things right here, these three things, these ten things, this list of these 40 days of purpose, this ten days of this, 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 
And they're not telling us to look to Calvary. And only when we look to Calvary at the righteous work of Christ can we experience by faith that grace that flows through their loan that brings the righteous fruit to be experienced in our lives. The victory, the deliverance, praise God. And we need to know these things. Paul is the one God gave the revelation of how to live in victory. Paul is in a struggle. We'll see that. We've been seeing that in chapter 7. This is not Paul referring to a time when he was lost. This is Paul referring to a time, and we can look back just a few verses. In verse 9, chapter 7 of Romans, he says, I was alive without the law once. And I've been quoting this scripture in the last three or four or five teachings because it's, it's paramount that you understand this. Paul was not writing about a time when he was lost. He was writing, and here it tells us in verse 9, I was alive without the law once. Listen, there's only one way to be alive without the law, and nobody's ever been alive with the law. But to be alive without the law is to accept Christ as your Savior. There you have life. There you begin to live. Remember, the just shall live by faith, and that being faith in Christ and his work at Calvary. Hallelujah. Because we're made just by the blood alone. Hallelujah. Our faith in that alone. So Paul says, I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, that means when I turned back to do the do's and the don'ts and the taste and the taste knots and the, oh, the long sleeves, the short sleeves, the dresses, the note, all these regulations, what happened? The sin nature revived and I died. And he's revealing something very important. Probably the most important thing to the child of God. Because without the knowledge of what Paul has been given and given so it can be given to us in Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8, there's no, this is not an opinion. You've never been discipled unless you understand Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8 in the context of the cross and your faith being there. You've never been discipled. You don't know how to live in victory. You keep failing and you keep thinking that you'll, you'll get through it one day. You can Pray your way through it. You can work your way through it. You'll find you, one of these days. Some preacher is finally going to give you the answer. I got news for you. This preacher right here, right now, is giving you the answer for victory. And it's it's a simple. Anybody on the planet can do it. Won't take you one penny to spend. Won't take you one level of work to go do. It'll just mean that you're believing from the heart that Jesus died for you, not only to save you from from hell, but to save you from yourself and that sin nature that dwells in you, to keep that sin nature dormant, idle, inoperable, so that the Spirit of God can be the one who's leading you now. Praise God, that's good news. And if you don't know these things, you can't anyway live in victory. Victory doesn't just happen. One must be running the race, fighting the good fight of faith, standing in the liberty. That doesn't mean we quote Bible verses and think, and that means we're doing it. No. Listen. The good fight of faith is, is only a good fight because it's one that can't be defeated. Faith can't lose because it works by love. And love never fails because God is love. Think about that. So what we're seeing here is Paul is not lost, writing about sometime when he was lost. He's writing about when he was a, a born-again child of God. He accepted Christ. But when he turned back to focus on the law again, in which every person does, 
You and I probably, you're listening to me. You're a Gentile. I'm a Gentile believer brought into the body of Christ. We weren't born as Jews under the law. But nevertheless, the, the laws of, uh, were written in our hearts. Romans chapter 2, verses 14 and 15 tell us that even us Gentiles had the law written in our hearts. And we proved it by excusing sin or accusing of sin. And uh, we'll get into that later in this teaching. But I want you to know something. If you don't understand, or if you don't believe Paul's writing about when he was saved right here and a struggle to learn how to live in victory, then you're never going to understand most of the New Testament. You can understand enough to be saved, but you will never, never understand how to live saved if you don't know that. This is not Paul. I'm going to say it again. Paul's not writing of when he was lost. Paul is writing of after he was saved when the commandment came to him. He turned to the law, and he says what happened was the sin nature revived, and I died. That means he stepped into a place where, as he wrote to the Galatian church in chapter 5, Galatians 5, 1 through 4, you've fallen from grace. Now you're in a place where Christ can't profit you. He can't affect you. And you say, Curtis, you talk about this all the time. You're absolutely right because where are the preachers who should be talking about this? You're, you're, you're rarely going to hear anything like this today. All you're going to hear is that he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you, talking about the Lord, and he won't. But you can leave him and forsake him. You can fall from grace. You can walk in a place where you become dead. Paul did. The sin nature revived, and I died. Didn't mean he died physically, because he's writing this after the fact. Didn't mean he lost his soul, because he's a born-again, spirit-filled child of God who's on a mission to learn how to live in victory. I hope you understand that. If you're going to stick with that old traditional heresy that this is about Paul before he was born again, you just really are way out of context. Paul wouldn't have been writing about before he was born again because, listen, he was never alive without the law. All his life he was under the law, nailed down. People in, Listen, people in Paul's day under the law before Christ came couldn't even go to heaven. When they die, even the true believers in the Messiah to come couldn't go to heaven because they were limited. They were all limited. And that's proof right there that they couldn't go to heaven when they died. So let's get into this today. Paul says here in verse uh, 17, I know we covered this last session, but let's read it and move on through it. He says, and because I have something very important to say again about verse 17, it's something you need to write down. You need to know this. Paul says, now, now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. And he's talking about verse 16. If then I do that, which I don't want to do, I consent unto the law that it's good. The law's doing what it should do. The law's do it serving its purpose. It's, it's, it's telling me to do stuff, and then again, I'm finding out as I try to do it through my flesh that the law can't do. The law can't do it because it's having to go through my flesh, and my flesh... Well, my, I cannot obey the law. For man to obey the law, it takes faith in Christ. He's the only one who's ever obeyed the law. Because to obey the law in God's eyes means it's got to be obeyed fully and perfectly. And Jesus is the only one who's ever done that. So when God looks at us, 
Our faith has to be in Christ so he can see us as perfect law keepers because our faith is in the one who kept perfectly and fulfilled the law, and he sees us in him, therefore imputes that same obedience and righteousness unto us. And don't forget that. He says then, uh, you know, and he's been talking about here in this chapter, I don't want to do what I'm doing, and I need to do stuff, and I can't do it. I'm trapped. And, he's, and he says in verse 17, Now then, it is no more I that do it, but the sin nature that dwells in me. Now listen very carefully to this. What Paul is saying here, it, it is no longer who I am in Christ now that's doing this. But it is the sin nature that still dwells in me. See, if you don't understand that Paul was writing about his his failure to live in victory after he's born again, you're going to try to say, well, this was before Paul was saved when he had a sin nature, but today Christians don't have a sin nature. Oh, you got a sin nature. You got a sin nature, friend. And every time you put your faith in something other than Calvary, that sin nature rises up and begins to dominate through deception. Through deception. We need to remember that. We need to look back again in verse 11. And you have to keep looking back. He says, for the sin nature, taking occasion, that's what the word sin here means. It's not the verb, me committing an act of sin. It is that which is in me, dominating me, making me commit acts of sin. And, and listen, we, we talk about this sometimes. If my faith is not in the sacrifice of Christ... I'm dominated. That means I don't have a choice now. Can I tell you the only true choice any human's got is where they put their faith? That's really ultimately all that we're controlling. When we put our faith in Christ and his finished work, the Holy Spirit moves in. He takes over and he begins to control us. He begins to lead us. He begins to uh, uh, load us daily with the benefits of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But when we refuse to put our faith there and we put it in the words we speak, you know, the false heresy, the, the really the, the doctrine of devils, that ministry called the believer's voice of victory. And their faith, really, they say it's in the scriptures. It's not. It's in the quoting, the words they speak. And see, that moves your faith from the cross to something you're doing for victory. And victory can't be found there. And all those people, hear me today, all those people, preachers and all who follow them, are being dominated by the sin nature through deception. Watch this in verse 11. For the sin nature, it's the noun, that old man, the sin nature. When he's revived, he's dominating, he's deceiving, and he's slaying. Watch this. For the sin nature taking occasion by the commandment, what does it, what does it do? It deceives me, and by it slays me. What, what does that mean, slays me, Paul said? When, this, when the commandment comes, the sin nature revives, and what? I'm slain. I'm dead. That means I'm no longer bearing fruit in the eyes of God. I'm no longer in a place where my faith is proper and grace can flow and righteousness can be the fruits. Oh, I hope somebody's hearing this today. Maybe you're a first-time viewer, and I want you to know, God wants you tuned into this place at all times. 
He wants you to learn this because until you learn this, your struggle, your struggle, you're never going to figure it out. You're going to hide, you're going to have to live in a place where you hide this. And listen, that thing that you never get victory over is one day going to get, going to get victory over you. And that's not God's will, my friend. So watch this. The sin nature takes occasion by the command. It deceives and it slays. Every person in the true blood-bought, born-again, spirit-filled church, people on their way to heaven when they die right now, if their faith is in any other thing than the cross of Christ, they're being dominated by the sin nature. They may be the nicest, sweetest, hospitable-acting people on the planet, but the sin nature is dominating them. Remember the church in Sardis, and I have to keep bringing it up. They had an appearance, an outward form that faked the entire region about. Jesus had to write a letter through the apostle John to the church in Sardis, Revelation chapter 3, 1 through 6, telling them, they, everybody sees you as having a reputation as that you're alive, but you're really dead. You're not bearing from, he tells them, your works are not perfect before me. What does that mean? That means he's no longer the one who's allowed to work by grace through faith because their faith was wrong. He tells them, you better get back to the place where you heard and received. When did you begin hearing and receiving? When you came to Calvary. Hallelujah. When you came to God through faith in Jesus Christ and his work at Calvary. And if you'll stay in that place, then you'll keep hearing from God. And you'll keep receiving from the Lord. And you'll know for sure that you're not being dominated by the sin nature or deceived. Hallelujah. That's good. You can know that you're not being dominated by the sin nature and deceived. You can know that. It's in the Bible. But you're going to have to get in the Word. You're going to have to study the Word in its proper context, which is righteousness. It, it, you need to understand, this is, a, this is something that God has given, and, and I know if the Lord tarries, it'll be 20, 30, 40 years uh, if he tarries that long. I don't believe he will. I, I hope he comes today. But if he does, this is something that's going to take over the hearts of those who really are in the faith. That the only avenue of righteousness is grace, and the only avenue for grace is my faith in the death of Jesus. That's it. And the interpretation of the Bible is righteousness. The context of the Bible is righteousness. Jesus said the scriptures are about him, John 5, 39 and 40. Think about that. Take a note. Write it down. If the scriptures are about our denominations and about this, we're out of context. Think about that. We're, we're out of context. Think about that. Think about that. Think about that. Hallelujah. So, we, we need to understand that the only avenue of righteousness is Christ and His cross. There is no other avenue of righteousness outside of Christ and His cross. And again, let's remember, let's write it down, let's stay with it for a moment. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. 
So if it's not showing forth the righteousness that comes by grace through the death of Jesus, it's perverted truth. Proverbs 12, 17. If it, let me say that again. If it's not showing forth the righteousness that comes by grace through the death of Jesus, it's a perverted truth. Proverbs 12 and 17. I hope you'll understand that. I'm sorry about the little break that would just happen. Sometimes the, the machinery here does that. But you can always go to the Spreaker account, my channel, for those who have ears to hear and hear all these teachings in their entirety. If the camera goes out, if the Internet takes a blurp there, or if the battery, something happens, you can always go to that Spreaker account and look up for those who have ears to hear, and you'll be able to hear the entirety of this message because I'm recording it now, no matter what the camera does. Amen? So let's get back to this. And uh, he says here, though, in verse in verse 17, Now then it is no more I that do it, who I am in Christ now, because the new man, the, the new man is not wanting to live in sin, not going to go live in sin, but it's that sin nature that dwells in me. The sin nature that dwells in me. And we all still have a sin nature that dwells in us. But remember, the sin nature, that old man stays dormant unless he sees us attempting to live after laws, rules, books written, procedures, things that men write, like all the gimmicks and schemes that come into the church that have like this, this great form and appearance, but, but they're denying the power of God. The Bible says the power of God is the preaching of the cross. If you'll stick with that, then when the new books come out, they'll have pretty covers on them and catchy titles. The devil and our flesh team up and, 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 and try to make us think these, these catchy titles and these, these beautiful book covers are going to have something in them for us. But let me assure you today that if your faith is not in the cross, you're being dominated right now. Listen, maybe not in your own eyes. I don't understand. Why is he saying, I'm not being dominated. I'm not a drunk anymore. I've been delivered. I don't curse anymore. I don't do that. Listen, the Bible says in Titus 1 and 16, they profess that they know God, but they deny him in their works. We have to go back to the church of Sardis. Their works were phenomenal and many, but Jesus noticed they weren't perfect. That means he wasn't the one doing them by his spirit. And he tells them that. You're dead. Just like Paul says, when the sin nature revives, I die. It means a place of no fruit bearing. It's a dangerous place to be. A dangerous place to be. And you and I need to know these things. We need to learn these things. Hallelujah. But look at verse 18. He says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. That proves right there the psychology and the wisdom of the world that, that says they'll try to tell you there's, there, we're good. There's good in us. There is nothing good in us. God didn't see anything good in us. He didn't see anything worth saving. The Bible says he simply saved us because he loved us. We were so far away from God, so dark in sin. We had nothing to offer but a broken heart. 
heart and 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 a, and a receive you know a, a, a receiving of the word. That's all we could bring to the table was a broken heart and a willing mind to believe this gospel. We had nothing to offer. People could come to the table saying they'll bring. I'll do my part, God. I'll be water baptized. You don't have a part to play in your salvation other than believing under righteousness. And you have ministries by the thousands out there that are telling you if you don't get water baptized, you're really not saved. Listen, don't believe them. Yes, you do need to be water baptized, but those are the people that don't understand you were baptized into Christ, Romans 6.3, by being baptized into his death when you believed upon him. We, You know, I mean, people, I, somebody read an article to me just yesterday about some preacher preaching about uh, you put on the wedding ring of Christ, being of the, uh, you know, uh, uh, you put on the wedding ring uh, as you're married to Jesus, you begin to wear the wedding ring when you're water baptized. Listen, I got the ring, I got the garment, I got it all as soon as I believed in Christ. Everything after that is a work of the Holy Spirit in me and through me just to to show forth uh, a testimony of that I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ before I get in a water tank, I'm on my way to heaven. Before I get in a water tank, I already am the righteousness of God. I'm married to Jesus. Hallelujah. Those after that is when the works begin to take place because they're the works of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And He can't work in our lives until we're born again. So therefore, I can't do anything to be saved because the Holy Spirit can't work in me until after I'm saved. Then he moves in and begins a work, that perfect work, hallelujah, that he's allowed to continue and perfect as long as I'll keep my faith in that which allowed him to begin, praise God. So we need to remember these things. We need to know these things. We need to uh, take heed and learn these things. Uh, that we're being taught here. He says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing, for to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. I want to do it, but I can't find how. This Paul, he's born again. Lost people ain't worried about that. I want to do it. I want to do good. I can't do it. It just, I, he says, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, I've come to the conclusion there is nothing good in me. He says, because to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I can't find. Listen very carefully. This is Paul teaching how to do the what to do. How we do that which we know we should be doing. How we stop doing that which we know we shouldn't be doing. This is it right here. This is it. We've got to get this right here. We've got to get this. He says, for I know he's learning something. here. Are you learning this? You will through your failures. As you cry out to God, you'll begin to understand the law. Its purpose is to show you you can't do it and point you to the one who can. Galatians 3, 23 and 24. I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I can't find it. I can't find it. It's not in me. Not in my flesh. It's not in me. I can't find it. He says, because the good that I would, I don't do. But the evil which I don't want to do, that I'm, I keep doing. 
And verse 19, it's what he just said. For the good that I want to do, I'm not doing it. But the evil which I would do, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. And we've discussed that. It's no longer who he is in Christ that's doing that. It's not the new man. It's the, as he's trusting in anything other than the cross, it's the sin nature revived and dominating, deceiving, and he's serving sin again. Don't you know that who you yield your members' servants to, his servants you are? Whether it's, let's look at that, Romans 6.16. We all know it. Hopefully we're understanding it a little better today. Don't you know that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. Whether of sin, the sin nature, unto death, sin nature revives and I die because I turn to the commandments. Oh, no. Or of obedience unto righteousness. When I keep my faith in that humble, obedient act of Christ and his death for me, righteousness is the result of it every time. Righteousness is the result of it every time. Are you hearing me today? If my faith is not in the cross, I'm serving the sin nature. And the result is death. Remember, Paul said it. I was alive without the law once, Romans 7, 9, but this, when the commandment came, when I turned back to the law, the sin nature revived and I died. And here we're not talking about for you and me the Ten Commandments necessarily. We're talking about thinking I can walk around the house three times and get delivered, thinking I can speak deliverance into my life, thinking I can speak the salvation, thinking I can do one single thing to be saved or to live in victory other than believe in the cross of Christ and the sin nature is dominating me by deceiving me and slaying me, preventing me from bearing fruit because I'm no longer walking under grace and the Holy Spirit allowed to bear forth fruit because it has to be Him bearing forth fruit. And remember Psalms 33, 4 as I close today. For the word of the Lord is right and all His works are done in truth. What does that mean? That means... If all God's works are done in truth, that means he's not working outside of truth. Because in truth reveals righteousness. God works in truth because the fruit of God at work is righteousness. Not just our status in Christ and our being made servants of righteousness in Christ, but our ability now, our opportunity now, by that same faith to bear forth the fruits of his righteousness. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is good stuff, and I hope you're getting it. Forgive the breaks, the, the issues we have with technology. One day we'll get past all that. Pray for us until then, and I'll see you Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. Don't forget to pray for our Wichita Falls Crossway Church. We secured a building. If you know anybody there in that region, let them know we're meeting there the, the first and the second weekend now of every month uh, on, on, uh, uh, there at 3100 Seymour Road, Wichita Falls, Texas, Suite 124. Great location, and the gospel's even greater. Hallelujah. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, remember, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and him crucified. See you then.